It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! Why is Major League Baseball legend Gil Hodges not in the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York? Well, that is the question posed by Soul of a Champion, the Gil Hodges story, a new documentary produced by Spirit Juice Studios in association with Catholic Athletes for Christ. With a deep dive into his career, highlights including World Series victories with three teams as a player and manager, his impressive offensive and defensive statistics and awards, and his personal life as a husband, father, military veteran, and devout Catholic. The film makes the case that Gil Hodges is more than deserving of joining his peers in the Baseball Hall of Fame for both his on-field prowess and his off-the-field example of leadership, character, and integrity. Here to talk about the film and his dad is Gil Hodges Jr. Gil, it's so great to have you on. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, as I watched this documentary on your dad, I was really uh, uh, taken to the point where he was a man of such uh, valor. Um, We're going to talk about a little bit about his relationship with uh, Jackie Robinson. Men's talent, obviously, but it was so much more to your dad. And he grew up in Indiana, and uh, I believe his dad worked in the coal mine, and he got started in sports there. Why don't you talk about his upbringing and how he just became passionate for sports in general? Well, uh, dad grew up in Petersburg, Indiana, a small town, and his dad um, was a coal miner. And... uh, that was really a tough, tough job back then. He actually passed away from black lung disease, mm-hmm. which obviously is acquired while working in the coal mines. But it was something that he never wanted his boys to be involved. Um, Dad had a brother and a sister, um, and his brother, Bob, and Dad played sports together and grew up playing sports basketball and football and baseball, and they really became um, involved in in the athletic world. He was a terrific basketball player, um, and his brother Bob was a great pitcher, Mm -hmm. and they grew up playing the sports together, Um, and I think it was just to, to find an avenue to keep them away from the coal mining business. Yeah. And he was signed by an agent, uh, Gabriel Levy, of uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers. This is where he really got his start. He was uh, obviously had some talent, and the Dodgers uh, uh, were ready to sign him. But talk about that and ha- how he just ventured into the pro baseball life. Well, you know, it, it became an opportunity, and it, it, an opportunity to, again, pursue a career outside of Indiana and outside of you know, the coal industry, which they had grown up with, you know, with their father. So it, it was something that was very exciting. I, I know that he talked about, you know, the excitement of being signed. And I, I believe he was signed as a catcher. Mm-hmm. And he was a big man in stature, especially, you know, for that time at six one two ten. 
Now, he only played one game, I believe, at third base, and then he entered the United States Marine Corps during World War II after having participated uh, as a reserve officer in their training program at St. Joseph's. So uh, here we go. I mean, was is that on his own volition? He just wanted to, to, uh, to represent his country in the draft and defend it? Yes, absolutely. He, um, his moral character was, you know, to be something admired. Um, he had such a strong faith in God uh, and his country and his family. So when the opportunity came to serve his country, there were no questions asked. You know, he, he, he was drafted and went into the Marine Corps, and it was something that he never spoke about. He never spoke about when, when I was growing up, because I had always asked him. Uh, it was something he, he kept private to himself. And he was discharged from the Marine Corps in 1946. He returns back to the Dodger organizations in the minor leagues. He pops around different uh, teams and then gets the call up to Brooklyn in 1947. And uh, the same year, a guy by the name of Jackie Robinson's there, uh, Roy Campanella, and uh, many others, Pee Wee Reese, Carl Ferrillo. And he's with uh, he's wearing Dodger blue. So talk about that. that must have been an exciting time in your dad's life to be called up with the Dodgers. Well, it, it was exciting, and, you know, being, being the catcher that he thought he was going to be, when Roy Campanella was there, um, I believe that they made the right decision and gave Dad a first baseman's glove <laughs> and, and said, see how you can do it over here. Uh, and that turned out to be a pretty good decision. So it was an exciting time. It was an exciting time in baseball. You know, there was a lot going on in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, with Jackie Robinson Mm -hmm. and the integration, uh, uh, you know, into baseball. So they were close and they respected each other a great deal. And I think it's the mutual respect that they had was unprecedented. All right. I got to call talk stats here because our listeners are wondering how good was Gil Hodges. Well, let me tell you, folks, he's an eight-time All-Star, three-time World Series champion, three-time Gold Glove Award winner, hit four home runs in one game on August 31st, 1950. And the New York Mets retired his number. He's in the New York Mets Hall of Fame. And as a manager, he he managed the amazing Mets in 1969 when they beat the Baltimore Orioles, and they had no reason to beat them. But Gil Hodges believed in his team, and uh, they certainly did. The Amazons did something very special after being perennial losers. And uh, uh, let's talk about... Um, this case for him to get into the Hall of Fame. When you watch this documentary, Soul of the Champion, by the way, produced by uh, Spirit Juice Studios, you have like Vince Scully making the case for it. You have Tommy Lasorda. You have a number of his players that played for him, like Cleon Jones, Ron Swoboda, Ed Cranepool. Uh, they talk about his character and his relationship with Jackie Robinson, where we're going to go into. But um, there was so so many people think so highly of him, not just because of his baseball abilities, but the type of man he was and, and the character and how he changed lives in, in that respect. And by the way, when you get voted into the Hall of Fame, it's not just on talent alone. Character is part of the bylaws where they're encouraged to take into consideration these sports writers. So what do you think is keeping him out uh, thus far from being in the Hall? I, I wish I had the answer to that. Um, unfortunately, I don't. And um, what I've come to learn is that uh, we don't look back. We only look forward. 
So going forward, in a couple weeks, there's going to be 16 uh, people who are going to get to vote on a selection of 10 people um, who are on the ballot, and Dad needs 12 of those 16 votes. I wish that those 16 people could take the time to see that film, because I think it would it would give them um, more of an insight into the entire criteria established for entrance into the Hall of Fame, um, with character, with part of the contribution that you made to your team and the teammates. Uh, so, you know, those are the things that I think actually Dad really, really excelled in, along with his statistics. I mean, you mentioned the three gold gloves. They didn't start the gold gloves till 1957. Mm -hmm. And that's when he won the first one. And that was for all of baseball, not just the National League. Mm -hmm. Initially, it was the best fielding first baseman in baseball. And it was always said that if if Rawlings would have started that award in 1950, mm -hmm. Dad would have won every year. And he was good at his, at his position. Yeah, he certainly was one of the best first baseman errors, certainly during the 1950s. Uh, Ron Meyer talking with Gil Hodges Jr. We'll talk about his dad, Gil Hodges, uh, and really why he's not in the Hall of Fame. We're talking about this documentary called Soul of a Champion, the Gil Hodges story. And uh you know, I, I want to tap into his relationship with Jackie Robinson, number 42, uh, played with him. Obviously, Jackie was dealing with a lot when he played, a lot of injustices. But your dad was sort of a protector of Jackie. Maybe you could expound on that. Well, um, protector, I, I don't know if, if that's the, the correct word, probably, but they had so much respect for each other. I mean, I people have no idea what, what, what Jackie Robinson went through. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, you know, once in a while. It was every day, day in and day out, traveling from ballpark to ballpark, city to city. I think a lot, uh, a lot of altercations didn't take place because Dad was at first base. Right. And he was a, an awe-inspiring figure at that time so strong that you couldn't believe I had, I had seen him pick men up baseball in a baseball uniform with one hand and lift them off the ground. So, so when I tell you that a lot of altercations didn't happen because they knew they had to go through my father to get to Jackie, right? That was really the truth. Yeah. I was thinking like in the uh, hockey sense, being a protector or just protecting the star player, but being as as big as your dad was, he was sort of uh, the guy who was going to uh, get in the way from preventing an altercation from happening with Jackie Robinson. Exactly. Sure. What a what a great teammate he was. Uh, talk about some of the highlights. There's so many highlights of your dad's career, including winning that World Series, which really changed Brooklyn and, and New York for that matter. But uh, did he ever have a chance to talk to you about uh, anything that stood out amongst his uh, illustrious career that was most special for him? You know, it, it, it was never it was never about himself. Mm -hmm. I had asked him, how did it feel hitting four home runs in one game? And the amazing statistic people don't realize, I think he's the only player in the history of baseball who hit four home runs in one game off of four different pitchers. 
So it wasn't like you got to see the same picture twice. So those were things like, yeah, that, that was a great accomplishment, but we won the game. And that was the most important thing to him. And he really believed in his players, too. And being a baseball player myself, he really started what was a platoon system, and he gave everyone a chance to participate, especially in the 1969 Mets, when that was kind of unheard of uh, during that time and era. Oh, yeah. And, and, and believe it, a lot of the players weren't happy initially. Mm-hmm. You know, no, every left-handed player thinks he can hit a left-handed pitcher. And conversely, every right-handed player wants to play every day. So when you start to get platooned against pitchers, um, it starts to have an effect if it doesn't work. Fortunately, it was working. The team got to see it working. Once they saw that, then they started to believe more and more. Dad was one of the first who instituted the five-man rotation. Mm -hmm. A lot of young pitching arms. And to keep them strong and healthy, he, you know, he instituted the fifth man in the rotation for that extra day of rest. Also, the shifts, you know, he was one of the first ones who would move the extra fielder over to the other side. So innovative, yes. Uh, creative, yes. But things that he believed in and when his players saw the results, they believed in it also. Yeah, that's quite amazing. Certainly a pioneer, a managerial pioneer. Okay, let's take a break. On the other side, we'll get to know Gil Hodges a little bit better. In fact, uh, he had a strong Catholic faith, and uh, we'll talk about his death. It affected a lot of people and some great stories of the man Gil Hodges. I'm talking with his son, Gil Hodges Jr. Don't go away. You're listening to Blessed to Play. be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Gil Hodges Jr., and we're talking about his dad, Gil Hodges. What a Player he was in manager, uh, played for the Brooklyn Dodgers, uh, batting average 273, 370 home runs during his career, over 1,000 runs batted in. He won a World Series with the Amazing Mets in 1969. And we're talking about Soul of a Champion. It's the Gil Hodges story. It's a new documentary produced by Spirit Juice Studios in association with Catholic Athletes for Christ. And it makes the uh, case, why isn't Gil Hodges in the Hall of Fame? So we talked about that the first half of the show. We're going to talk a little bit more about his character now. But, um, Gil, I want to talk about his faith. He was a devout Catholic. Uh, In fact, he went to Mass on Sundays no matter where he was. But talk about his spiritual life. Obviously, that meant the world to him. It was. It was something he held dear and... um... He was very strong in his in, in his belief. I can remember being the only boy in the family. Um, I was fortunate enough, especially during the summers, to be able to take road trips with Dad, go away for 10 days a week at a time to different ball clubs, different cities, 
uh, and travel with them. And it didn't matter where we were. Every Sunday, we would get up and we would go to church. If You know, the Sundays are always afternoon games, so you have to be at the ballpark early. Mm -hmm. If the Saturday game was a night game and ran a little late extra innings, it really didn't matter. The following morning, we were up and we were at church. And this is just something that he believed in. He instilled that to all of us, the, the four children that he had, and it just continued. You know, he was very strong in his religious beliefs. Yeah, and it's kind of a, a funny story when he's uh, he was on a plane and the uh, flight attendants, I think they call them stewardesses back then, but we'll call them flight attendants, came around with a steak dinner. And it was Friday, and he had abstained from eating meat. And the uh, flight attendant said, you know, Mr. Hodges, you know, you you worked out. You, you need to eat. You need some food. And he saw that there was meat, and he passed it by. So he was really set in his ways as far as uh, living the Catholic life and even sacrificing when he had to, even when he's on a plane and there's no other food but that. Absolutely. And and. and... He did it in a way, you know, never to offend anyone. Mm -hmm. um, I believe the rest of that story goes, he said to the attendant, I'm too close to upstairs, so I'll pass on the steak. So, you know, it, it was just his way. Yeah, in, fa in fact, the, uh, the umpires really respected him, right? If you want to go to back to that 1969 World Series with the shoe polish, uh, with uh, Cleon Jones, and and here we go. You know, he brings out the ball. Uh, the ball hits Cleon on his shoe, but the ump doesn't see that at first. But your dad kind of makes the case there's some shoe polish on there. That had to do with his character because I don't know if they would have gave that to other managers making the case for the polish on the ball. Well, exactly, and, and the belief in who he was and how you know how he felt and his convictions mm -hmm. that. You know, a lot of managers would have ran out with the ball, thrown their arms up in the air, created, you know, a, a big uproar and, and almost embarrassed the umpire. Right. Where, where dad just walked out with his, you know, the ball in one hand, his other hand in his jacket pocket and just presented it to the umpire in a very calm and understanding way, which, which gives them a sense of, well, you know, this has to be true. Yeah, that, that that is something. I mean, it's the uh, it's the ability to persuade the officials by not getting all rambunctious and throwing your arms out and. Cussing. And Earl Weaver was the other end of that spectrum when he saw what took place. Bless the play, Ron Meyer, having a great conversation today with Gil Hodgers Jr. We're talking about his dad. Why why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? We. Uh, we're kind of going through his character, his certainly his stats, and uh, we're hoping that he will be because there's a chance uh, in December, early December, that uh, he might get voted in if the uh, sports writers and those who have the power to vote see the case for him. And I, I think there is a strong case, and I think uh, he should be in the Hall of Fame. There's no doubt. Gil, I want to talk about your dad's death because it left such an impact. But before we get into that, he uh, sort of prefigured his death with you. I know there's a in the uh, documentary that he said something to you that kind of struck you as odd when he said, um, 
Gil, take care of your mother. And you looked at it like, you know, of course I'm going to take care of my mother. But those words were the last that you heard your father say to you. Why don't you go back to that day and uh, shortly thereafter he passed. I believe it was on Easter Sunday, but take us back to that point in his life. Well, I I was in, in Florida um, with Dad mm-hmm. and the family for for the Med Spring training. I had just signed uh, to play minor league baseball and was going to be playing uh, the following month in spring training. So I was there and... Uh, and when Dad was leaving to go over to West Palm, because the Mets were training in St. Petersburg, um, he said, let's walk to the elevator together. And I was like, sure. And as we're walking to the elevator, he just turns to me and says, you know, just make sure you take care of Mom, look after Mom. And it was like, yeah, Dad, of course. You know, I was 19, 18 at the time, so it, it didn't have any real meaning to me. And here it is almost 50 years later, and those words still resonate because it was almost like he had some kind of premonition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll never understand why. Yeah, and he died a very young man. Uh, I believe uh, would have been 48, but he, uh, the uh, funeral was held at of Our Lady Help of Christians in Brooklyn. I believe 10,000 people showed up and... Uh, uh, who's who in baseball, obviously. And, and a guy by the name of Howard Cosell showed up. And uh, after or before, uh, I think it was after the funeral, Howard kind of called you over and said, come in the car. And you went into a car, and there was uh, a guy by the name of Jackie Robinson, number 42, right there. And he was uh, he was weeping because your dad meant uh, that much to Jackie. But talk about going into the car and that uh, – conversation you had with Howard and also with Jackie Robinson? Well, Howard, being a lawyer from Brooklyn, you know, knew Dad well and the family. Mm -hmm. And uh, during um, church, during, you know, the procession, when people were viewing Dad, Howard came in and and grabbed me and said, come outside for a minute. And uh, I said, sure. So I get up and went outside and we walked around the side of the church, and he said, just hop in the back seat of this car. Mm-hmm. And he opened the door, and I get in, and there's Jackie. Now, you know, I knew Jackie since I was a baby. And uh, he leans over and gives me a hug and uh, looks me straight in the face and said, you know, next to his son's passing, mm-hmm. this was the worst day of his life. Mm-hmm. That's how much Dad meant to him. Not not as a protector or, or any scenario like that, as a human being, you know, as someone that he respected so much and knew the respect that dad gave him that, uh, you know, it's just, it's something you never forget. And Gil, after your dad's death, uh, his legacy lived on. In fact, there was a bridge named after him. There was a public school named after him. Well, there's two bridges. There's one in Indiana and there's one in Brooklyn. So not just one bridge, two bridges and a public school a couple blocks from where mom still lives. Uh, PS 193 is known as right on the front is the Mm -hmm. Gil Hodges School. I mean, so it's just amazing. Just totally amazing. Your dad's passing and... uh... You know, obviously, a son looks up to his father and he takes something away from his father's life. 
what have you taken away from your dad's life that you incorporate into your own to be the man that you are today? I, I think that uh, two things that dad instilled in me, um, one, he felt very important that you should never lie. If you lie, people will never know when you're telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And two, always feel and have strong feelings about what you do. He never wanted to push me into sports, into baseball. He said, I want you to find something that you love, and when you do, give that 100%. And and life and, and all its ups and downs become a little bit easier when you have a strong faith and when you have a, a belief in what you do. Strong words, and obviously your dad made an impact, a lasting impact on many people, including Jackie Robinson, which is truly amazing. You know, Ron, I see people uh, and talk to them about my dad when they, when they realize who I am, and they speak, even today, mm-hmm. they speak about him like they had dinner with him a month ago. <laughs> I, I find it just amazing. Dad's passed almost 50 years, and you and I are having this conversation today. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that doesn't tell you about the man's character and the indelible mark that he has left on our society, not just as an athlete, but as a human being, then I don't know what does. Well, he certainly left a legacy, and he's one of 10 nominees named on November 5th, 2021, to the Golden Days Era ballot for the Hall of Fame consideration. And I believe that vote is scheduled to take place uh, on December 5th, 2021, which is uh, this past December. Uh, This show uh, probably will air after that, and we're hoping that Gil Hodges will be in the Hall of Fame. Well, you got to check out the documentary. Go to www.gilhodgesfilm.com. Dot com. The 30-minute film features interviews with baseball luminaries, including longtime Brooklyn Los Angeles Dodgers announcer Vin Scully, uh, Dodgers legendary manager Tommy Lasorda, and a bunch of players that played for Gil Hodges. And Gil Hodges Jr., I really enjoyed talking to you today and getting to know about your dad. He was a, being a baseball guy myself. What a great guy, humble guy, but very talented and in I'm giving him my vote, which doesn't count, to be in the Hall of Fame. Thanks so much for coming on. I really enjoyed it. Well, thank you for having me. and Thank you for the opportunity to share some some information and some ideas about what a great man Dad was. Thanks again, Ron. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You could like us on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For Gil Hodges Jr., I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.